This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matter to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google profitability-movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. How do you profitably grow and scale a business? What does it take to do it right? My guest today, Ben Yunker, will give you ideas, strategies, and procedures to profitably scale your business. Notice I said profitably. He's done it successfully himself. Ben is the co-founder and CEO of Craftsman's Choice, a leading exterior remodeling contractor in Minnesota and one of the highest volume James Hardy siding installers in the U.S., Ben has over 20 years of experience in the construction and remodeling business and has helped grow Craftsman's Choice into a profitable eight-figure construction business. Did I get that right, Ben? You do. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Thank you. So how did you get into this? I mean, you took a business, or you you and I assume partners, took a business and grew it you know, into an eight-figure business. Was that always the strategic plan? It wasn't. Uh, the first strategic plan was paying our rent. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we did that by installing siding and, and roofing um, and got to a point like a lot of contractors do where, we, you know, we were working for somebody else that we realized pretty uh, fairly soon that they weren't that smarter than, than us and that, you know, if they could do it, we could do it. And so, you know, we always wanted to be, kind of, you know, the small contractor, but, you know, each little step that we got to, we saw, well, maybe we could go a little bit more and then we could go a little bit more. And really the, the growth um, has been more about profitability and not, not revenue. The revenue came with it, but, you know, in order to be able to, to, to keep pushing um, revenue, you got to have the dollars to, to, to do that. And so that's, that's kind of what led us to, to where we're at now. Yeah, I'm all about profitability. All of my listening audience knows that I am all about profitability. Growth without profits is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and it's, it's just it's ego yeah. a lot of the times, you know. Yeah, top line is okay, mm. but what you take home on the bottom line is most important. At least it's been my book for years and years and years. So, you know, did you always want to be? in the siding and roofing business or, you know, how did you, how did you come upon that? I know you work for somebody else first, but how did it get started? Well, the brutal, honest, uh, honest truth about it is, is that it was a series of poor life choices that led me to be picking up shingles uh, at a job site. Now I'm forever, forever grateful that I'm in this, this industry. Um, you know, but the way I got started was, uh, was not like, you know, sitting in my, high school career planning, uh, class and taking those tests and saying, Oh yeah, you should be a cider in, in carpentry. It, it wasn't that I, w- I wanted to be a Marine biologist, uh, in high school and, you know, due to, uh, a different path there for a couple of years, uh, I ended up being on a roofing crew. All right. So how did you learn the financial side of business? It's not something, you know, even roofers or even people who do siding generally do it because they love to do that piece of it. Or, you know, as you said, it, get into that particular, particular career path. But what was the aha moment that you said, okay, we can do this, but we have to do it profitably? It was, so my business partner at the time, 
you know, he handled a lot of the, a lot of the production side. And so, you know, what was left was the financial side. So, you know, I bought this, uh, software called quickbooks and i just poured oh over gosh. it <laughs> poured over it and taught myself you know quickbooks which was horrible um you know it was just you know all this these different things but i could see that we weren't charging enough we were it, it, to grow we were we were we could be static we could be right where we were you know with one side and crew and everything would be fine but if we wanted to grow a little bit we had to have enough to set aside profits to market, to take care of warranty work, all those other things. And so it, it was, you know, a series of trial and error. And, and really when we really took off was in 2014, when I ended I bought my business partner out and then it was all me. And, you know, I was able to put in a repeatable process and cloud pricing and, you know, just went in super geek mode for about four months, getting everything and the, the system set up. Um, which has allowed us to, you know, keep up with like all these price changes right now. It, oh my it's, gosh. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, um, it is nuts. <clears throat> I mean, you know, if you look at the difference in pricing between last year and this year and in, in some, in some areas, it's 30% higher. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you can either take that as long as you have a system in place to be able to, to, to keep up to date with that. I mean, everybody in our industry, if you're pricing things right, has just gotten a raise. Right. Like, Correct. you know, 40% of $10,000 is more than 40% of $8,000. As long if the profitability is exactly the same, you haven't gotten a raise. I got yep. to, but if you've increased profitability too, then you're, you've gotten a raise. So, yep. you know, you just mentioned two of the things that are absolutely critical. Number one, processes and procedures. And number two, understanding the financial side. So those were the two things that probably you know, and I'm putting words in your mouth and you can tell me that I'm full of it and that's fine. Um, you know, those are the two things that allowed you to grow. Is that correct? Definitely. Definitely. You know, each business owner has in his mind what he wants to have, or each contractor has in his mind what he wants to have happen on every job. Um, but unless you have a way to track and plot that roadmap out for your guys, it's not going to happen. And some of the software that we've implemented contractors cloud is, is, is the one that really drives our, uh, our business. We have a, an ability to track all of that and it's customizable. You can change things as your business changes, you can upload files and, and, and have the whole team have visibility into those different, uh, different files, whether it be a contract or a window order form or whatever. Um, but that's, having that repeatable process for every job that, you know, and, and a lot of times you're wrong. Like the thing you think this should happen on every job and your guys are it like, doesn't. no, that's, that's, a, that's a dumb. What, why are we doing this? Why, you know, and like, all right, well, I'll take it out of there then. I guess, yeah. I guess maybe I was wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have an, an ego drive that says I'm right, which is important for sure. too. Yeah. 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 So when we get back from break, I want to go into the people side of growth a little bit because, you know, as we know in our industry, finding people right now is not exactly easy. Um, but let's talk about, you know, how you handled the people side of growth, because to grow from little to big, you need not only you but and the processes and procedures and understanding financials, but you need the people to help them help you get there. So um, before we take a break, though. If somebody wants to contact you, how do they find you? 
So our website is is the best resource. We really put a lot of time and energy into that, and it's craftsmanschoice.com. Craftsmanschoice.com. Yep. Very good. We will be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him, though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign when a service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales, too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm speaking with Ben Yunker, one of the people who grew Craftsman's Choice. And then when he bought out his partner in 2014 to become an eight-figure construction business. And before the break, we were talking about the two critical things that needed to happen for this growth is strategic processes and understanding the financial side. All right. So then after, you know, now that we're back from break, you know, those two things are absolutely critical, but so is the people. You need people who can help you grow. I mean, if you have a stick in the mud, and I don't know any other way to describe it, who just sticks his feet in the ground and goes, no, all the time, that person's not going to help you grow, except out of business. Um, So how did you handle the people side of growth? So our uh, early years, we um, were able to to hire a couple crews early on. And, and, the the thing that we saw when we were a subcontractor was uh you, you had to hop from business to business trying to find jobs they usually weren't prepared enough for you to pick up your tools and go to the next project or they were lagging on payment you know it, it was just kind of a disorganized mess so when we tried you know, when we got to the point where we wanted to hire a couple crews we wanted to make sure that the guys were staying on the job site. They didn't have to run all over the place, finding materials because we weren't prepared. And then they could pick up their tools and go to the next job site. And that uh, built in, you know, word got out that, Hey, you know, these guys will keep you busy. What, what good is another $10 a square or whatever, if you have to wait three to three days in between projects. And so we were able to get a few crews that way. And then, um, we've built other crews out of helping our existing subcontractors with their business, uh, putting them in touch with our tax person, helping them with their insurance, tracking, you know, going as far as tracking their uh, work comp and their liability insurance so that, you know, we can give them a heads up as it's expiring. It's a lot of babysitting, but it's just something that those guys aren't good at. You know, yeah. it's not their forte. They're, they, they, it's a, it's a pain to them. And so, you know, we built up some loyalty that way. And then we've started, you know, hiring when they were ready to get out of the, take the tool belt off, bring those people in and make them project managers or a part of our service team. Um, <clears throat> and we've had, you know, we've had employees, uh, you know, a couple over 20 years, we've had subcontractors, 15 years that have worked for us. I mean, it's really become a, a family atmosphere. You know, we do golf tournaments, we do, um, we take, I take our employees and spouses on a Mexico trip, uh, every other year, as long as we hit our goals. And it's just really, 
you know, a, a place to a place to land and stay um, for a while. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you kept them from getting bored. It, not much boredom at our, at, at our place. We push them pretty hard. Um, yeah. you but know, they're but doing the, the same thing for 15 years, right? In some instances, you know, sometimes our siding guys, they want to, uh, they want to want to branch into windows. And so we'll teach them how to do windows. We'll tool them up. We'll, you know, uh, get them any labor that we're aware of that could help, help with that. And so now they can do the siding and the windows on a project, but you know, a lot of those guys, they, they just want to put siding on the wall. They just want to do windows. It, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're not looking to, uh, to branch out too much, which, which, you know, I go out with my guys once a quarter and, and put my tool belt on and it, it's the foremost relaxing days of my, uh, my year. I leave, oh, my, leave my phone in the, leave my yeah. phone in the truck and all I got to do is side this wall. Yeah. Um, you, you have no idea how many business owners tell me, you know, as they've grown the businesses to, you know, six, seven, eight figures, how much they want to be in a truck again. <laughs> yeah. 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 It looks really appealing when you're on, on the wall and the project manager, we've had a couple uh, of our crews that crew leads that have become project managers and they thought, you know, the project managers rode around all day and in the AC and talked on the phone and, it was a rude awakening. They got a, a, a new respect for their current project managers when they <laughs> stepped into that role. Yeah, I'll bet they did. So now when somebody joins um, Craftsman's Choice, do you can you tell or do you have a sit down with them that says, are you, you know, do you want to grow out of the position that you're at? Or, you know, are you going to be really happy just, you know, slapping on a tool and doing siding for 20 years. And, and can you tell the difference between somebody who wants to actually grow in different areas and somebody who's just like, you know, focused on one lane or one tunnel? So our, our sub, we have subcontractors that do the majority of our work. And then we have employee project managers. Um, and a lot of times when we bring somebody in-house, we already have a, a, a really good idea. We've been working with them for a few years. And so we do have a sit down and kind of say, you know, here's the job we're offering you and, and to see if, you know, this is something that they want, but also, you know, what their, um, their future looks like and, and see what other opportunities are out there. Um, you know, we don't, the, the progression from project manager, the, the next step would be sales, but, you know, a lot of guys like the, um, you know, they're coming from the subcontracting world into a project manager. So they like the stability of a project manager, you know, just knowing that if it rains for, you know, three weeks or up in Minnesota where we're at, if it's cold for Snow. three weeks, they're still getting a paycheck. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't need to go out and, and do that. And so it, going back to it, going to a salesman, again, paid on commission, you're, you're losing some of that stability. Uh, and so most of the guys that we bring in as project managers uh, stay pretty pretty stable in that role. Yeah, I would imagine that they would. It's it's something that that helps them from there. So, um, in the short time that we have left, what would be your three best suggestions for our listening audience who want to grow their businesses to six, seven, eight figures? I think the biggest thing is that that repeatable process uh you know identify what you want to have happen on every project write it down and then from there find a software find some way to track that even if you know 
you're doing a, you're a million dollars a year. You, you have a way that you'd like, like the perfect job to go figure out what that is and then figure out those shortcuts to, you know, what's going to let you, let you, um, track that, uh, track that process. And then, you know, as a business owner, find out what is, what, what you're spinning your wheels on, what can you delegate to someone that is not worth your time? I, I think a lot of times as business owners, we take on too much and a lot of the things that we take on, we could probably hire somebody and then focus on the big things in our business that actually need, need attention. Um, and then the third thing would just be to hire good people and then find, um, you know, mold them into who you want uh, after that. Sounds good. And the website again? Craftsmanschoice.com. Very good. Ben, thanks so much for sharing with us today. No problem. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.